Jersey Show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, Star, we're getting a, running a little late here today. That is my apology. Uh, I had to take care of a couple of things. Uh, it's happening to me here. Um, it's something I have, an obligation I have that's prior to the show. So uh, I apologize. But all I'll do is just I'll make it up to you in some form or some fashion. Um, let me start off by, of course, saying um, what matters to me. Of course, you're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'm living in Phoenix, and I'm living like it matters. So, boy, it, this is hard for me to say this. I'm, I'm stumbling a little bit just with opening this show because I can't believe I, I got to say what matters to me. And, and, and the only reason why it matters to me is because I can't believe it happened. And that is that this was a bad, bad, bad weekend for me. <laughs> it was one of the greatest weekends of my life. Uh, special recognition uh, that was uh, a tribute that was paid to me and my former teammates in Cleveland. And at the same time, um, we went there for a celebration. Of course, the team took it on the chin again. Uh, it's ironic that we would be celebrating a team. Just recognition. We didn't win a championship. We understand that. We won a division championship, but that doesn't – I don't even know if people realize that NFL teams and NBA teams win – their own divisions. You you get a championship. You get recognition for winning that division championship. Um, but that division. But it's the Super Bowl and it's the NBA championship that really make a difference. So that's what everybody really cares about. Nobody really cares about if you won your division. Uh, so what? But it's a special accomplishment. So this past weekend in Cleveland, we celebrated the, the fact that we won that division championship 30 years ago, 1986. Um, of course, you know, the last final game of that 1986 season for us, at least, was the uh, what's been known now for the last 30 years as the drive. Uh, but the city, the team, the owners and shout out to the entire organization in Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns and, and the ownership and my good, dear friend and teammate Kevin Mack who just did an outstanding job of putting the entire program together along with Donna. Uh, she's a lady who works up there in the front office, and they, they just did an outstanding job. And uh, and quite a few guys, not the entire team, showed up, but uh, there was a lot of us there, brought back a lot of memories, some painful, some joyous. Certainly want to uh, just just I'm, I let everybody know I'm just grateful for a chance to see those men, uh, their families, uh, see everybody in pretty good shape. There were some people that were struggling. My prayers go out to them. But it was, it was a great time. But here we were celebrating a team that has won more games in the history of the franchise than any other team in one season, a regular season. And then if you count the playoffs, it would make it even more. But before they had a Super Bowl, they only had uh, an NFL championship. And the Browns have won that. But since they moved to a Super Bowl, the Browns have never been, nor have they won. But that 1986 team did win more games than any Brown team in history has ever won. And it's interesting that this Browns team that they have this year, 30 years later, has lost more games than the Browns have ever lost at the beginning of a season. They eclipsed that record when they got to 0-7. I think the worst the Browns have ever started was 0-6. And this team started off 0-7, uh, now it may even be 0-8. But 
But I, I listen. TP, shout out the Ohio State University. Terrell Pryor is doing the best he can to help people out. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are doing the best that they possibly can. Uh, we we just know that sometimes things work in your favor, sometimes they don't. And uh, shout out to Joe Hayes too. Joe, keep it up, man. Don't keep your head up. Get them dogs back there. Get them together. Somebody's got to step up. Some somebody's got to show some leadership in that team. Whereas it's more important to them that you know you you don't just accept losing, grace you know gracefully. <laughs> you you shouldn't be a graceful you know went loser. You, you, everything shouldn't be in harmony when when you're losing. There should be some disruption. Somebody should be throwing something around in the locker room. Somebody should be cussing somebody out. Somebody should be punching somebody. It should be a fight. I'm one of those guys that I've always felt this way about playing football. I never, I, I, and I've said this years ago. I haven't said it recently because I haven't had to. I don't know if I want my starters that's on my team. There's 22 of us. And if, if my starters, with the exception of maybe my quarterback, but I um, might check him out sometimes too. If in two-a-days, over a, a number of years, if you've never gotten into a, a fight during training camp, I'm not sure I want you on my team. That's just, that's just something that I feel about. It, it's, it's a character issue when it comes to football. And, and sometimes the character of a football player is something that has to have a little bit of grit to it. You, you got to have there's a button that you, somebody pushes intentionally, and the next thing you know, you just lose your mind. It's okay to have that button only for football, but it, it can only be pushed. It's not pushed constantly, but somebody has to accidentally push that button and you lose your mind to the point where your teammates are looking at you like, damn, was that, was that really? Was that him? You turn into somebody completely different. The Browns don't have that. The Browns, Randy Logan, who I played with back in the day, Randy was as a humble as a Christian man you'd ever find in your life. You would think Randy never got into a fight until one of them guards pulled around the corner and Randy had to come up and run for us. I'm talking about Randy would drop you on the spot. Boom. A guard. Not a, not a halfback. Not a, even a fullback. But a guard. Drop him. And, and so you, you need these kind of people to have that kind of temperament that just, it just shows up. But, but listen, let me, let, me, let me talk about a couple other things here. And uh, we're probably going to have a, uh, got a little bit of problem here in the studio, so. Just bear with me here. Uh, I, I want to give a shout-out because one of my friends that I got a chance to see, and I was very excited about seeing him and seeing all the fellas, uh, but a man that I admire because he's just been a great example of what Coach Hayes used to tell us back in the day is when you, when you fall down, when you get knocked down, you better get your ass back up. And when you get up, you, you come back with more energy and more dedication to win than you had prior to being knocked down. Again, it's another attitude change, attitude adjustment. It's like, I've got to do something a little bit different, put a little bit more effort into it, bring a little bit more intensity, and I'm going to get it done. And that's my man, Ernest Bynum. It was good to see Ernest. Ernest is doing well, and Ernest has a book out that's called Everybody Fumbles. 
I'm sure next year we'll probably hear a little bit more about that than we will than we are hearing now. But Ernest has a book tour out too. Uh, EB21, you know who that is, Ernest Bonner, EB. That's what the fellas call him back in the day, still call him that. But um, Ernest has a book, Everybody Fumbles. And I have not got a chance yet to read the book. Uh, it's, um, it's, it, I mean, it's an easy read, it's not a real big book. But we'll talk about the book and Ernest um, coming up here pretty soon. But what we're going to do is I'm going to take a, bro- a break. I'm going to open up this book. And when I come back on the other side of the break, hmm, I'm going to talk about a couple pictures at least that I see here because I don't have time to read it. But it brings back some memories just by opening up and skimming. Uh, as you know, Ernest got a chance to leave the Browns, go to the Washington Redskins, win a Super Bowl championship. That's what I mean by getting knocked down and getting back up. So let's take a break. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, of course, um, you know, I was just sharing with you a little bit about some stuff that uh, I experienced over the weekend and, and got to talk a little bit about my friend Ernest Biner. And uh, I just read, a, you know, a couple pieces of the book here, and um, I, I think it's something that you would all want to pick up. In conclusion, I'm just going to say this. In conclusion, he says that uh, my desire and hope is that you will have been able to make life associations between the short stories shared in your life, even if the stories do not apply to you or someone associated to you today, they will at some point have an application. My overall intent is to share, teach, and enhance lives. Love, of course, E.B., as Ernest Biner, just letting you know what he's, you know, 
attempting to share with you and experience with you by you picking up his book, Everybody Fumbles. I'm going to reach out to Ernest and I'm going to have him here on the show uh, as a guest. So uh, let, me, let me move on and talk a little bit again. Of course, like I said, was in Cleveland for the weekend. Um, man, Saul got a chance to see, experience the Indians win one. Got a chance to see them lose one, too. And, of course, uh, tonight the uh, Cleveland Indians will win the uh, World Series, and there will be two champions uh, this year in uh, Cleveland. But uh, got a chance to watch that football team out there. And the Browns, need, the Browns do need some help. There's no doubt about it. I know in Philadelphia, I don't know why the two teams uh, or cities that I've uh, been associated with in my sports uh, life have been going through some difficulties. Uh, in one city, of course, that's the city of brotherly love. Basketball team is struggling. And... Uh, just the opposite, uh, in Cleveland, of course, where Ohio is uh, the heart of it all, uh, it appears that the uh, Browns are having a, a very, very tough time. And both of them are trying to trust a process. I'm one of those people, I, and I'd like to hear from some of you. If you got time, 888-346-9144. I'd like to know if you are ever interested in working with a team that is working through a process. I may have talked about this a little bit before, but I've, I've heard some other people kind of reinforce this because I, I don't want the process to be in process while I'm spending my money as a fan to watch my team play. I don't want to start rooting for other teams and just sitting in the wind and hoping that our team gets better over the years. There's one thing. Let me say this about the Cleveland the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Browns, my day, the Cleveland Cavaliers. The whole thing about Cleveland, everybody calls Cleveland a mistake on a lake, is Cleveland was always about, very similar to Philadelphia, it was about the fact that this is a city. This is a city that's filled with people that are not concerned about the effort of their co-worker. They know that their co-worker is putting out the best that he or she possibly can. They're giving you everything they can. It's never a lack of effort. In the end, they may not win, but it's never going to be easy. When it gets to the point where you know that it's easy and you can just write it off, you go through a schedule, those who play ball, you know how it is. You look at the schedule you go through and you automatically just check off what you know you can consider a win. Cleveland never expected to be the team that you go down a list and you check off a win. No. And so if the town, the city, the people there don't feel that way about the way they approach their job, after all, sports is a business, they expect the team to represent the city and have the same attitude that the city has. Go to Philadelphia. Same way. You, you might win, but... You're going to have a hell of a time getting out of there without any marks on your body. You can't go in that town and, you know, the Rocky movie was after, you know, a fictitious character there, but, but represented what the city of brotherly love was all about. You don't just come in here and think you're going to win without a fight. And I think that's what's, what's bothering people now in Cleveland. And in Philadelphia with the basketball team, although the basketball team, we got a big fella, man, going to turn it around. But in Philadelphia, they know that they're going to give it their best. The football team, we're going to talk about that a little bit because he took it on the chin with the Dallas Cowboys. And I got to give a shout out to 
Anthony Lewis, of course, Anthony celebrating the birthday. I sent him a birthday present already with that victory that the Cowboys got over the Eagles. That was not supposed to happen. But again, the Eagles didn't just give up. The Browns have to find that fight in them again. You can't just give up. You can't accept the fact that, okay, even now, it happened to me when I was in Philadelphia. The team started, okay, going through some changes because we had won quite a few games before I arrived there a couple of years and went to the Super Bowl even. And there was a, a time where the team was headed down the, other, the wrong direction. They put the brakes on. Coach Vermeil, you know, he reached the point where he was burnt out. He had to step away. It, it, he wanted to win so bad. And uh, I don't think he would take offense of it because for me, from my experience, it reminded me of like Coach Hayes. Uh, of course, Woody, uh, better known as, but he's Coach Hayes to me. But he got to a point where winning and the desire to win got the best of him. I experienced that again when Coach Vermeil. It, it got the best of him. He was burnt out. He actually had to quit in the middle of the season, retire, and said he had to step away from the game. And, and then came back and won a Super Bowl. But when he did that, then we had to take a look at the team. And the coach made some adjustments. Put some people in the lineup, got some new energy. Hey, we, we started winning some ball games. We became, it was more competitive. I think that's what's got to happen in Cleveland. Everybody's got to know that nobody's job is safe. That, that's for one thing you got to do. I, believe me, I know what that's all about. I've experienced that firsthand. But I think there needs to be some shit. The coaches need to make some Hugh Jackson. Hey, I understand you've got your way of doing things. I think this is, you've had a couple chances. But you need to shake something up. Somebody needs to feel like their job is on the line. Somebody in Cleveland needs to feel like their job is on the line. You can lose their job. Because I, I witnessed something, and I think, it was, I think it was a defensive lineman I saw. And I, I was zoomed in on him. Don't want to call him out by name or number. But I zoomed in on he, he got double team. But I could see where he got he gave up on the double team. You can't have that. What you want to do is you want to see somebody fight through a double team and make a play. He gave up on a double team. I, I almost wanted to come out the box, go down to the sideline, and let coach know, coach, he gotta you gotta get him out of there. Can't give up on a double team. But that's that's the kind of effort. And what's gonna happen? The staff right now should be looking at each individual on the Browns team, looking at them, looking at the effort that they're putting forth on game day and during the week in practice and in preparation in the film room. Go to the strength coach, find out who's in here working out. Go to the trainer, find out who's getting treatment. Find, go to you know the trainer who's weighing guys in, who's coming in overweight. Who's the first in? Who's the last out? All those things are going to make up who's coming in and seem like they just walking in from the club. All those things are going to impact how your team's going to play. If you don't know those things, you got a, you know, you got a sports psychologist on the team, have him talk to guys, find out what frame of mind they're in. All these things will become apparent to you once you get back the information and look at it and then look at the production, the position production, it'll, it'll just fall right in sync. The people who are doing the right things, they'll be position production. The guys who aren't taking care of themselves, taking care of their bodies, who aren't studying film, who aren't in the weight room, 
who aren't making plays, they got to go. You got to shake it up. The Browns, you've got enough talent on those. You got, again, some of the best athletes in the world are on that team. There's something missing. And the chemistry, too. Chemistry. I, I didn't see the type of chemistry amongst the ball players that it, it shows up as well. Chemistry is identified in different ways, like if somebody falls down, somebody there to pick him up. If somebody, you know, just made a good play, somebody there to give him some dap, dap him up. You know, if somebody, you know, dropped the ball or something, that's okay. You, 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 it, it just shows up. You see it. You feel it. When somebody makes a bad play, they themselves are upset about making a bad play. I didn't see any of that. I, I just didn't see the, the urge of we need to win now. The sense of urgency wasn't there. And it was, it was just disappointing because we were coming back hoping that we could inspire these guys to at least win a game, win one game. And we weren't able to do that. So now it's, gonna, it's, it's just going to be... Uh, it's, a, it's going to be a tough road. You certainly don't want to be a team that mm, goes 0-16. Could that happen? It could. You don't know who your quarterback's going to be this week. You don't know who your quarterback's going to be next week. That's just hard for me. And I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to get away from that. I want to be very positive because I'm telling you, the organization, the administrative staff, they can't play the game. Of course, the front office when you talk about football operations, all those people, the AD, and I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, – general manager and all those people who are responsible for bringing in the talent. I'm sure they're concerned, but they can't play. And as a pro ball player, it's your job. Once you get that job, that's your job. You get those plays and all that, but on the field, you got to make it, you got to make it happen. If you don't make it happen, you ain't going to be there very long. I'm talking from somebody who's been out the game, and sometimes when you're playing the game, maybe you don't appreciate as much as you will when you get out of it. But I, I, I never took that approach. I always loved the game. These guys should love the game, should want to play, and they are cheating fans. The ratings are down in the NFL this year. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's, there's a division in this country between you know our people, whether it be black or white or whoever, Take a knee or not take a knee, the numbers are down. Browns, if you want to help the NFL get the numbers back out, back up, you got to produce on the field. You got to be better. I'll tell you what we're going to do. I want to talk a little bit about those people that uh, I gave uh, I, I gave them an early present. Those Cowboys beat the Eagles. Man, I can't believe that. And there's somebody in the studio, too. I got to deal with people all in the studio. Got my man Randy back there. Got Dallas Cowboys stuff all over the place. But I tell you what, we'll talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles a little bit when we come back and listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific. 
Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Well, shout out to my, got a homeboy out there named Ron Bond. Of course, Ronnie was uh, in Canton with me. at stopped by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, it was myself and Marty Schottenheimer, Kevin Mack, Ernest Biner, Mike Babb, Dan Fike, uh, Mike Pitts, who was there with the Browns before I came. Uh, Mike showed up, too. Um, and... Uh, Bernie was supposed to be there. I apologize for Bernie. Bernie, Bernie kind of got some of the things, uh, so many things he had to do uh, throughout that weekend, and his time got to the point where he could make a few, but couldn't be all places at all time. But uh, man, I want to shout out to Bernie Kozar and Mike Golick. Those are my two homeboys. Uh, I'm sorry, Bob Golick, not Mike. I'm sorry. F- forgive me, Go Bob. But uh, myself, Bob Golick. And Bernie Kozar, it was super special for us for 1986 because all three of us were right there from Ohio. And uh, and still be part of history for the Cleveland Browns organization. It was special for us. And uh, Bernie, of course, who went down there to the U instead of going to the Ohio State University. So I had some problems with him. <laughs> no, but I would have... Uh, I would have liked to have Bernie as our quarterback. You know, you know we had a, a pretty good one, but you know his story. And, of course, that's Art Sleaster. Uh, Bernie turned out, uh, I'm praying for Art. Hope his life turns around. But uh, Bernie had a, a great career. And still, you know, Cleveland's, uh, besides LeBron and uh, a few other folks, man, he's right up there at the top of one of their favorite people of all time based upon, you know, what he was able to do to inspire the life of those that lived the lives of those who lived there in Cleveland and economically, the economic impact that winning has on a city. By the way, for those of you who have not been to Cleveland in a long time, Cleveland is not the same Cleveland that you knew 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Cleveland is on fire. I'm telling you. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, just check Forbes out. It's probably one of the hottest cities in the country. And the sports teams, of course, you know they're on fire with the exception of the Browns. So in, in, in opportunities, real estate, I mean, everything is just booming in Cleveland. It's, it is not the same city. I guarantee you. Uh, you go to their downtown, oh, my God, billions of dollars that they put in the downtown. Um, the flats, billions of dollars. Uh, Ernest and Young's got their headquarters there. Uh, you know the Cleveland Clinic. It's just all kind of things going on there in Cleveland. So, but let me let me move on a little bit because I I want to talk a little bit, if you will, 
And I know there's a question out there about if Tom Brady could possibly win the MVP this year and he's missed like, you know, he missed like a quarter of the, of the season. He missed, what, four games or something like that? So when it's all said and done, he would have missed, you know, close to um, a quarter of the season. Can he be the MVP? Well, if a coach can do it, and I believe Steve Kerr was the MVP. I mean, he was the coach of the year. Then why why can't a why can't a player do it? And I mean, I the Patriots are not my favorite team. I'm only talking about this because it's of interest to me that you know sometimes things are you'll look at them one way for a certain person or an organization, you look at them totally different when it comes to another person in an organization. And we're not hating on Tom Brady anymore. Because, again, we only, want hold, we only wanted to hold Tom accountable for, you know, the, what, whatever it is he did. If you were found guilty for this, or if there was, you know, the criteria that you did not meet or that you met based upon what you did, said this should happen to you, then we want you like everybody else. The punishment should fit the crime, if you will. And we just wanted you to know that you're like the rest of us. But like the rest of us, I want to advocate for what's right. If Tom Brady continues to play like he is now on fire, Tom Brady should be the MVP of the league. Now, I, I certainly believe now, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm a little strange. I think the MVP of the league if he's the most valuable player, his team should certainly make it to the playoffs. I, I could I could never see anybody getting the most valuable player. I don't care if, if it's the regular season. If the season ends at the regular season, you know, the most valuable player should be the most valuable player. You can have your own most valuable player of your individual team, but the most valuable player in the league, his team should be like the best team in the league. I just believe in that. I, I believe at the end of the year, the most valuable player should be a guy who's on the team that wins the championship. If not, is he, the, is he really the most valuable player if you, of the league and your team didn't win the championship? You might be the most valuable player of your team because I just think that the most valuable player makes his team better and they rally around him and they win championships. That's what I believe. But I certainly believe that Tom Brady right now is the most valuable player. And even if he has set out, look what the man is doing. Look what he's done. Now, at the same time, I want to say that I, I, I just can't understand. And you guys know how I feel about it. I'm always one of those people that I, I want to take. I always want, I'm on the side of the players. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think it's Jamie Collins. I, I, I don't know what James, I don't know. You're a good linebacker, very good linebacker. You're in the rotation. You're not starting out. Uh, you definitely are contributing player production. You're doing the position production. You're doing it. But this is why, of course, Brother Collins got traded from the Patriots to the Browns. I love the Browns. One of my favorite teams growing up, I played for the Browns. I'm not saying anything bad about the Browns other than they're losing. But my point I want to make, I'm changing here a little bit on you because here's a man who's on a team who's winning Probably the second best team in the league right now. Well, I'm sorry, the first team, first, they're the number one team in the league currently, the New England Patriots are. Here's a man on the team they trade you to the worst team in the National Football League. Now, for those of you out there who do not understand 
why I am an advocate for players to do whatever they want to do when it comes to their careers, go wherever they want to go, get as much money as they can while they can. This is a perfect example. Why is there not an uproar? Why was there an uproar with, when Kevin Durant w- was leaving and going to Golden State? Why was there such an uproar? Why do people have any, anything to say about that? But yet and still, when here's a man who's on a team who's a playoff contention, probably Super Bowl champions at this state, and they trade him to the worst team in the league, why does nobody have anything to say about that? Why is that okay? Why do we want to accept that, that the owners can take control of your life, disrupt your life, and send you to a team that has no chance of winning. Do you not understand that when you have incentives in your contract, that some of those incentives have to do with winning and losing, and the more you win, the more money you make? If you make the playoffs, then you get a little bit of extra money. Here's a team now that he's on, and they send him, they take send him from the, maybe one of the best team or the best team to the worst team. From an incentive-wide perspective, when you look at this contract, that could easily be, ooh, half a million dollars. Easy. Simply by trading him. Now, you want to know, what did he do that the owner pushed hell when he went to the elevator to send him straight down? (laughs) Because that's what he feels like, man. He's going through hell with Cleveland. That's oh man, that's just that's that's just funny. That, that's just funny to me. But let me get back to Tom Brady because uh, again, there's some people out there that feel that you know Tom has been privileged uh, with the way the NFL is looking out for him, and and we're going to talk about a little bit of that too uh, later on because we're going to talk about of course uh, Cam Newton uh, getting hit and uh, not getting things called the way he should, and then we'll talk a little bit about Tom. But 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 I just. I just want to know if you believe that, like I believe. There's nothing wrong with a person who produces in such a If somebody got hurt at the beginning of the year, I don't care if he was not, for what reason he was not playing. Just because he was suspended uh, does not mean that we shouldn't take into account his performance now that he's back. If you miss four games, maybe you were suspended. Maybe you were on IR. Uh, maybe you weren't even on a team. Uh, but somehow you made it back. And instead of 16 games, you played 12 games. And for those 12 games, your production was beyond anybody else's. Like right now, his performance is above and beyond anybody else's. He des- he deserves it. He certainly, he's earned it. And that's all. Because everybody was wondering what was going to happen to the team when he came back. Now, that's interesting because I also, and I'm going to go ahead and jump on this real quick. People were concerned about, okay, suppose the Patriots are winning, which they were. Do you disrupt the chemistry and the flow of a team to put insert Tom Brady back into the lineup? You're talking about the quarterback who is on the opposite side of the conversation when you talk about the greatest of all time. Right now the discussion is Tom Brady and and Joe Montana. And, and you're considering if you insert him back into the lineup when he comes back from a suspension? Are you really serious about that? <laughs> now, now, on the other hand, 
there is a conversation about if the Dallas Cowboys should disrupt their chemistry with Dak and if Tony's healthy to bring him back and put him into the lineup. Now, Tom Brady was a little different because Tom Brady was not out of the lineup due to an injury. Tony Romo was out of the lineup due to an injury. As a matter of fact, Tony Romo has had, we all know, he's, he's an injury-prone man. He, he's going to get injured again. I hate to say that. I don't want him to get hurt, but he's going to get injured again. I want Maybe not hurt, but injured again to the point where he may not be able to play. I, I don't know. But why would you disrupt that? New England Patriots, you look at that. When any of you out there stayed away from Tom instead of inserting him back in the lineup, no, you wouldn't. If you were, you're insane. You don't know much about football. You put Tom Brady back in there without a blink of an eye. Tony Romo, do you put Tony back in? Why? Tony Romo was not considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now, I understand Tony Romo, you know, towards quarterback rating, mm, he's up there a little bit. Some of his, you know, performance that he said, yeah, but Tony don't win the big game. He don't have Super Bowl rings like Tom Brady. Not an MVP of the league like Tom Brady. He like the greatest quarterback of all time like Tom Brady. So what do you do with Tony down there in Dallas? Now, I want to send a birthday present down there to, uh, to Anthony, but Anthony really... Please, I just gave you one victory. You guys should not. Well, maybe I don't mind if you put him back in there because really deep down in my heart, you know, guys, I've got that ego thing going on. Maybe you should put him back in there. But for the sake of America, America's team, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, keep it the way it is. It's not broke. doesn't need to be fixed. Stick with it. Ride it out. It, 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 listen, it brings back some respectability to the Dallas Cowboys. You, you now are in the conversation. As a matter of fact, in the power rankings on the big boy network, you, you, I think you're like number two. So why disrupt that? Wait till you fall, stumble, trip. Don't even put him back in. And Even if Dak loses another game or so, as long as you're still in a playoff hunt, you're at the top of the NFC East, stay ride it out. You can always put him in the game when you need him if you think he can bring it back. You could put him in the game, but don't ah uh, don't take it out. Don't don't take him out of there and and put Tony Romo in. I don't think that's the right thing to do. And I want what's best for football because the ratings are down. And we're gonna talk a little bit about the ratings being down and how the Cowboys and the rest of the NFL could help improve that. But we're gonna take a break. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Show you the Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, so living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me, I think I, I think I gave it up. It, it matters to me that whew, it's a combination of things right now. So, but I'll just say it certainly matters to me that I got a chance to go back and spend a lot of special time uh, to reminisce with, uh, of course, uh, from friends of mine from back in the day, some old school ball when we could hit. <laughs> we, I mean, we could really, really hit, and it was not a personal foul. And and when we won a lot of games in uh, Cleveland, but we didn't win enough, the message from us to the current players is we kind of set the bar as to if you get here, you get this, but it wasn't enough. If you want to go to the big boy show, you got to put in a little bit more than what we did and um, just trying to get the guys inspired to the point where they're just, you know, winning football games. Get your first victory, then you get your second and keep going. But uh, shout out, never give up on them. Uh, shout out to the Browns. Shout out to the Browns organization, everybody, especially my man Kevin Mack and his assistant he works with there. Donna did an outstanding job. To all the fellas, of course, uh, Frank Manyfield, Hanford Dixon, D.D. Hoggard, uh, Felix Wright, Ernest Biner, Kevin Mack, Cody Risen, uh, Mike Babb, of course, Marty and his wife, Marty Schottenheimer and his wife, um, probably one of my favorite boys back in the day, Herman Fontenot, Cajun. It's good to see him. Big Bernie, uh, Bernie Kozar, Bob Golick. Uh, it was it's so many guys, uh, you know, to, to see Tavis back there and uh, it, it was good to see so many. My, oh, my boy from Philly, of course, Major Ever and I played together. Uh, C. Webb, Webster Slaughter, uh, he and his family was there. Uh, Paul Fair and his family. Uh, there was just so many guys that, that came back. And of course, the, the entertainment for the team, Johnny Davis, Mr. Alabama. Johnny was there. It's good to see Johnny. So if I forgot anybody's name, blame it on my mind, not on my heart. Uh, but we had a wonderful time. But uh, let me let me talk a little bit if I can. Dallas, let me just say this to you. <laughs> because I enjoy football, good football, and I'm very biased. Like the Big Ten, how I feel about that conference, I feel the same way about the NFC East. Dallas, check this out. If it's not broke, don't fix it, okay? Stay with what you got. It's working. Don't fix it. It's fine. So thought I'd throw that in there. But I, I want to talk a little bit about Cam Newton. And, I, you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> sometimes we say some things that we wish we could take back, and then other times we don't say enough or we don't say it right. 
And then sometimes it's not what you say, but it's how you say it. I think in Cam's, from Cam's perspective, it's, it's all those things. And I think, you know, one thing about Cam was the, he was the, you know, he was the golden boy of the league for a while. And for this simple reason, he gave footballs to kids. I don't care what you say in the world. People can hate you. If you bring joy to their kids, they love you. Cam Newton was the best thing that was happening in the NFL for a long time. Even if he was dabbing you up, he was bringing a smile to those kids. And here's something I think a lot of people know. Now, I don't know if they were finding Cam, but the the fine used to be $500 for putting the ball up in the stands. I don't know if, if he was handing it to the people if he was being charged for that, but that was the cost of a ball up in the stands, about $500. But when Cam was giving balls to kids, there were kids that were just hoping and praying that he would give them a ball. He would score a touchdown and give them a ball. That was, and then when he was dabbing, of course nobody didn't like it. And Cam, as, as the competitive athlete that he is, all of us are the same way. Some people say it, but we all feel it. It's inside of us. If you don't like it, stop me. Sometimes you display something that says the same thing. And sometimes you got the people that, again, talk a little bit, trash talk. It comes out. And so what happens? Now, I remember earlier because, see, I had a little problem with this because Cam, when they were trying to have a conversation with him through the media about the contact he was receiving and, you know, and long-term effects of it, Cam said, hey, I get get paid to win football games. I don't want to talk about all that. Now, all of a sudden, Cam has an opinion about that. I'm getting hit too much. It's not fun. It's not fun anymore. Why was it fun before, and now it's not fun? Did all of a sudden one of those hits that these people were telling you that they were concerned about, that we out here outside who've played this game was trying to tell you that in order to make things better for you in the long run, the league needs to protect you and you need to protect yourself, and you didn't want to listen to that, and you certainly didn't want to advocate for that. Now you want to come out and you want to say, this ain't right. We were trying to tell you it wasn't right, but you didn't care. You didn't, you didn't seem to care because we, we, it was obvious to us that maybe you were taking more hits than you should. After all, you are a quarterback. Regardless of how big you are, you're a quarterback. You ain't supposed to be getting hit like that, whether if it's your knee or if it's your head. The rules say protect you at, at all times. Basically, if they put a hand on the quarterbacks, you know, there's some issues with that. But... I have seen the fact, and I believe they, they got enough information there, enough footage to say that Tom was taking more hits than some other people. I'm sorry, that Cam was taking more hits than some other people and wasn't getting called. Cam came out with the thing, if you don't like it, stop me from dabbing. Of course, the Steelers feel that Ben gets hit more than anybody else, and Ben doesn't say anything. See, that's the problem about Cam. Now Cam walks out of press conferences or whatever. You know, you have to talk. The NFL, you can't talk. Shout out to Mershon. <laughs> you know, uh, Beast Mode tried not talking, and it costs you money. 
So one way or the other, he's got to answer questions that are going to be asked him. He may not like the questions, but again, you have to find a way to be PC, politically correct, and answer the questions. And at the same time, to get your point across, but say it in such a way that you're getting some empathy and sympathy from the people who love this game, from the fans, because ultimately the money comes out of our pocket that pays you and the owners. So they want to try to keep us happy. And at the same time, they don't want it. They don't want any more lawsuits. Certainly don't want any more of that. But but I, I think, Cam, I, I think I understand. I hear you. I know you just want to win ball games. All that other stuff, you think that, you know, that's none of your business. It is your business because whatever gets negotiated in a collective bargaining agreement is going to take care of you for the rest of your life. If you think quarterbacks need to be protected, you need to step up and have a conversation. You're going to have a conversation with Roger. But when you go have that conversation now, be humble and don't just think about yourself. Think about everybody. And think about how everybody should be protected. But more importantly, make sure that you, Cam Newton, think about what you say before you say it. You got a long, long, long time to play this game, man. We need you. The game needs you. And the game wants you. But be smart about what you say and think about what you say. And be careful out there. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Go Browns! Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.